Hey, mom friend. Ah, postpartum, or what we call it in the birth world, the first trimester. We all know the different trimesters in our pregnancy, and we prepare for each and every one along the way. But it is the fourth trimester that most families do not prepare for. I mean, holy moly, just when we think birth is a wild ride, then postpartum comes and how it can easily become a season of challenge and probably, I would say, the most vulnerable periods of time in our lives. And for some of us, postpartum has been a tender wound that runs so deep that it has actually cautioned us to not ever have to experience it again. But what if I told you that postpartum does not have to be like that? And that if we just take a small amount of time during our pregnancies to prepare and gather what we need to have a satisfying postpartum recovery, that could be a sacred time, a bubble that heals and refreshes us to the depths of our hearts and something that we should protect instead of feeling like we just hit rock bottom. Well, in today's episode, I will be sharing with you four things to focus on during your postpartum that are completely simple. Because preparing for postpartum is as equally as important as preparing for birth. Believe me, as a mom of four, it took me this amount of tries to figure this out, and I'm so excited to share this with you today. In other exciting news, if you are not following me on Instagram or have caught up on my latest posts, I am currently offering four individuals a chance to participate in a one-on-one question and answer format interview for the podcast for free. This is a great opportunity for you, Mama, to ask any questions you have about your pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, or other motherhood journey situations and receive an answer and the education that is specific to your needs and your desires. How little or much you share is really up to you. To be a willing participant, please email cbecoaching at simplifybirthandmotherhood.com to get your questions answers and to receive more details. Each interview will be for one hour and it is a first come first serve basis. So space and time is very limited. So you will definitely want to jump on this real quick. With all of that, let's get started. Hey mama, welcome to Simplify Birth and Motherhood. I am Amanda. I am a wife and mom of four. I have had a hospital birth, unexpected C-section, a few home births, and now I am a birth advocate, childbirth educator, and your cheerleader in the toughest hood of them all, motherhood. Do you wish you knew what options were available to you when becoming a new mom or adding more to the mix? Are you ready to nurture and build up your mom gut so you can be more confident, educated, and bold? In this podcast, you will begin to understand, find support, and turn knowledge into power through education and resources for pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, and for the early years of motherhood. If you are ready to get clarity to empower your birth and motherhood journey, then throw up your unbrushed hair, hike up your high-waisted pants because sister, (laughs) I know you are wearing them. Put the baby in the ergo and let's start feeding our God-given mom guts. See you inside. Postpartum care is probably one of the most challenging seasons of our motherhood, and oftentimes it is the most neglected by us, our friends, and our family around us, nursing staff, and sometimes our providers. It is also the time that most of us fear of going through again and was the hardest trimester to go through. And some of us actually did go in with a plan, but because of the unexpected things that happened during our pregnancies and during our childbirths, Sometimes we start off our postpartum not on the right foot or the way that we actually intended it to start. So the good thing about postpartum and some of the things that we're going to be talking about today 
is that postpartum can actually start whenever you want it to. It doesn't matter what type of birth that you've had. It doesn't matter what had happened. What it means is that if you didn't get what you wanted in your birth or something happened, like you did spend a little bit more time in the NICU or the ICU, or maybe your baby didn't come home right away, or maybe you had to spend part of your postpartum in the NICU with your baby because you can start whenever you want in your postpartum, how you wanted it, what you intended to. It can start at any point at any time. And I think what mothers often find is that a little knowledge and preparation for postpartum whenever you decide to start it or whenever you can start it actually has a great impact for the experience to be a little bit smoother, for the transition to be a little bit more easier partly due to knowing what to expect and what the realistic expectations you are wanting to have on yourself and others around you. It has to be a mindset shift for us as moms because of what we should be doing in this time so much goes against the culture and standard and even the generational thinking and expectations. And the more I get into the topic and understand it on a deeper level, the necessity of the preparation for this time and the value of it the more I see how messed up our culture is and how it is not for moms, dads, family life, and even for our children, particularly in this vulnerable season, but also for setting us up for as a launching pad for us. Because when you look at postpartum care in other countries and the abundant of resources we have here in America and can have in America is outstanding. And having those resources in our hands is sometimes really, really hard to get. It's almost like we have to fight for it, which it shouldn't even be something, shouldn't even be a problem, shouldn't even be something that we should be doing. Because postpartum, when we look at it in comparison to America, looks so different in any other countries. And all I can say is that after doing this and doing all this research and understanding this, America has a long way to go when it comes to postpartum care for mothers. And all the traditions vary depending on the country and the culture, but at their core, they all have a common denominator, which we will discuss more in detail in a little bit. But I think it is so beneficial for mothers today and for the future of our generations to come because people are still having babies. And one day, our babies will have babies. Okay, so on the topic of understanding other cultures when it comes to postpartum care, get this. In China, what they have is they call a mother, like a month-long resting period, where the mother is to be focusing on taking care of your baby and someone comes in and helps her take care of herself. In France, you actually don't leave the maternity ward for five days. And once they have released you, a nurse checks up on you constantly. Some of us might be thinking like, oh dang, to be there for five days when I kind of want to go home and be in my own bed. But there's a reason for this because of the continual care that they will get with the staff and with all the nurses taking care of mom and baby. And that is why they possibly do that. India, they have the same concept as China, but the tradition is that for mom to not leave the house as early as 40 days, sometimes even 60 days. So there's a isolation happening there. They can take care of with food and even massages with healing herbs. In Latin America, women are kept in their safe place with their baby for six weeks where they are encouraged to do certain things to promote healing and reframe from any strenuous activity, which is almost completely heard of here in America. <laughs> There are so many other cultures in the way that 
other countries do these things like Sweden, Ireland, Finland, all these other, particularly the Swedish culture, that do have postpartum care and focusing on mom healing and the very how vulnerable this period of time is and how it's more honored than it is uh, looked at with a side eye or a sense of hurry and hustle and bustle. We need to get you right back to where you were before, which is not what we have in America. And it's just very interesting because to think that we are probably one of the most wealthiest countries in the world, but yet when it comes to maternity care, when it comes to postpartum care, paternity leave, maternity leave, it is absolutely horrible and just really hard to not get frustrated with. (laughs) And speaking particularly when we look at France and we see that the nurses are checking in on them, we think of sometimes in our postpartum care that it is to last up to six weeks because we see about our provider once or twice in between that period. Do I think two visits from a provider of postpartum is enough for moms? No. I think routinely checkups for mom and not just for baby should be up to at least one year. I mean, it's not to say that if we have, we can choose to do that. We can make appointments. We can schedule to have some more. But I do think that since postpartum goes beyond six weeks, there should be more check-ins either, either way. This depends also too on your provider midwife or OB because the value of care sometimes can dramatically be different between the two because most of the time these appointments are about vaginal checks for healing, contraceptive educations, uh, nutrition, those types of things. But the contact is very limited and in my opinion is not the only thing that we should be concerned about in making sure we, our mom is okay and having a well-rounded recovery. The difference between midwife and OB, those appointments all look very different, but, and it depends on where your midwife is at. Is it a home birth midwife or is it a midwife inside of a hospital? That also too varies on the time that you have to be able to really get into conversations and topics that maybe you're possibly struggling with, or maybe are not going that well, or maybe that are going amazing and you just want to share how great this experience has been for you. But the time is very limited sometimes in these situations. And the reason why I say this is because a study was done in 2006 that showed about 76% of women experienced fatigue, and that fatigue was positively related to symptoms like postpartum depression and struggles of breastfeeding, physical pain such as backaches, headaches, perineum pain, constipation, C-section, scar pain at two months up to a year. This collective study also showed that in this time, mothers experienced postpartum depression Feelings of loneliness, misunderstanding, being misunderstood, anxiety attacks, mom guilt, and just an overwhelmed feeling of, am I going to be able to do this? Another study stated that 52% of maternal death happen after birth, and it happens as soon as one week in postpartum and within the first year. And considering we, again, are a pretty wealthy country, we are actually ranked the worst in maternal care. We as mothers all have thoughts like, am I going to be a good mother or how am I going to be a good mother to this precious child and to all of my other children or how am I going to be able to go back to work? How am I going to still be able to do this and that? Well, I'm in here to say that it actually starts with you. 
we want you to be taking care of yourself and have others on board to help take care of you. And this is why I say all this. This is why I'm bringing this up and why this is such a jump in topic. It's because I want you, mom, to understand that it is not something that is the normal to be focusing on postpartum. Anytime we get pregnant, anytime we think about having more children, it's always how can I be healthy during my pregnancy for the sake of my child? Or how can I be healthy? Or how can we have a safe birth? Or how can we bring this child in? There's not really much that goes on beyond that process. And I personally think that our culture is not really set up to do that for us. There is no one really very few, high, low, and very few in between that does encourage this. So this is completely out of the normal here in America to be thinking about focusing on postpartum and some of the topics we're going to be talking about today. It's not very well mentioned. It's becoming a little bit more heightened because I think people are understanding that our culture is very fast and very go, go, go. And so the idea of slowing down and having peace and uh, mental health, those types of things that become so popular and such a good reminder to also be thinking about not just measuring our worth based off of our accomplishments or measuring uh, how good we are doing something or how well we are recovering something by the amount of things that we are doing while we are still recovering. It is such a contrary to what we have been taught and something that we don't really hear about a lot when it comes to preparing in this season of our lives, especially when we are becoming mothers. It's if after birth, it's how do we take care of baby? What's the best way to take care of baby? There's not really a lot of education, awareness, and there's not really a lot of encouragement from our culture, from people around us, and even from, you know, our closest friends who are actually focusing more on how do we take care of mom as well as baby. And this is what I'm trying to get at by bringing light to other countries and how they do the postpartum cares because it is really focused on a lot of these cultures. And they do it for the betterment of knowing that if we do this for mom, that we know that their children, her children, the generation to come is going to be better off. And so even because without these studies, as I mentioned, as a mom, we can all agree that when our health is not in check or in the right place, the whole family is a mess. I don't know if you know this, and I'm telling you to take care of yourself and making your health a priority too is taking care of your family. So dad, family, friends, make this a priority too. We are to be cultivating this for mom. Don't just leave her to do it all on her own. She take care of the family, some of the needs. We need to make sure that we are taking care of her. And this also involves you, not just mom herself. This also involves you. And that's what these cultures are doing. They're coming together. They're coming together as a community, taking care of mom. It's not mom doing all these things for herself. We have people in China coming in and helping these postpartum moms recover, like literally focusing on them and making sure that they are nourishing themselves, doing all those things. And what we essentially can get from those studies is that the problem is hard. Postpartum is hard and can be exhausting to learn how to navigate because we are being pulled in so many different directions with little or to no stamina at the end of the day. And this is where we don't want you to be. This is something that we should not be promoting is telling mom, like almost kind of like kicking the horse when it's down. You know what I mean? Like we are saying you're already weak. You already just birthed a human. 
And but we still want you to persevere and keep going as if, you know, nothing had happened. We're just going to sweep this under the rug and act like nothing had happened. This is not where you want to be. And this leaves moms feeling at rock bottom. And this is not what we want for you. What I am also saying is that we should not rely on America and maternity. Any of those things change in order to start doing this, to cause us to make the seasons of our lives and preparing for it as equally as important as pregnancy. And what this means is that we are going to have to take intentional actions and putting elements in place to make sure you are healing and transitioning well. This also means spouses, family, friends, You need to know that sometimes mom does not know how to ask for help or how to communicate for the area she needs help in. So it is our duty as her support system to help mom to take the wheel in taking care of her, to keep her on track to the satisfying postpartum period, and to be the gatekeeper of that sacred bubble. I, in my classes, we talk about the roles that everybody plays in the birth environment. And one of the things that we really focus on in some of my childbirth education classes, and when I work with you one-on-one, we work with your partner and we help them understand, or whoever that is, the birth partner, whoever it is, we help them to understand what their role is. And one of the main things that they leave my class knowing and understanding and feeling empowered to be is that they are the gatekeeper. They are the gatekeeper in the birth space. They are the ones who are allowing mom to be influenced by X, Y, and Z, which means also their own behavior, but also the room atmosphere, staff, um, other individuals who play a very important key role in the birth environment, or maybe people who are also extras in this sense. And so the same thing with postpartum, spouses, family, friends, whoever is taking care of mom and whoever is taking the responsibility of doing that, you are the gatekeeper of that sacred bubble. You are to be the one who is to be heightened on what you are going to allow in and allow out because mom is also on her own track. She also has the goal and she's supposed to be focused on that. So we got to make sure as the gatekeeper, we are keeping mom on track and we are not doing anything to break that rhythm, to break that um, pattern, to break that sacred space and to be focusing on healing and transitioning well, because that's what it's about. It's about healing and transition. And the key in doing that is not rushing. It is literally slowing down slowing down. This might be hard for some of us to do due to the fact that we have the urge within ourselves to want to be busy or to put our credit in, or we have family life still going on. Other children still need to be attended to. I get it. Believe me, having four does not seem to make things slow down any, any more slower. Time does not stand still having a fourth. And there is always something. My husband and I were just talking about this and I said, we've been particularly busy a lot lately with all the different things. We have school going on. We have businesses running. We have all these things going around right now. And my husband and I were discussing of how busy it was. And I said to him, I said, it's just, is this how it's going to be where now that our kids are getting older we're going to constantly be busy. (laughs) And we try to always keep in mind that it is just a season and there will be a season of slowing down. 
But when we have the urge to do some of those things in postpartum, we have the ability to choose whether or not we will do it. And I think that some of the times as moms, we get so hung up on is, well, I have to do it. I see this needs to be done, so I have to do it. It's like we can't even entertain the idea that, yeah, I have to do those things, but I'm choosing not to do those things. And one of those urges you may have due to culture or other influences is to have a baby and in general, have that baby on a routine or still continue to do a routine or the pressure to get back to the once the routine that you have or to have the body that you had back in a certain way at a certain period of time. There are so many different pressures. I remember another story. I'm going to tell you another one (laughs) because I have a lot of them. And so I remember one time a, a mom, I knew a mom and I was observing her and she, you know, till this day doesn't know that I have done this, but I'm a very observant person when it comes to moms. But, you know, she, she just had a baby and an older generation. I mean, bless her heart. You know, she, it's like almost like they don't know in a sense because that's just what they've been taught. So they're almost just imparting that wisdom to the next generation. But this mom, she just had a baby and the older generation, you know, she was about maybe in her 80s and said like, oh, your stomach is finally going down. And it kind of hurt my heart a little bit because it's just this expectation of having something back. Like what was there? We need to have it back. And I think that is such a huge pressure and a generational thinking that has put on culture today and will continue to do if we don't end up breaking that cycle. But what people don't realize is that routines sometimes can actually be more destructive to us in times like this than they are to be actually helpful. And they can also not be the same or can be referred back to because of the season, which is to say that the urge to want to be on one or the normal routine or the normal body or to have a baby or family life on a routine as soon as possible needs to sometimes be put in the back pocket for a later time. Because, and this is one of the advices too that I give a lot to moms and how I live and Sometimes people are like, how do you do X, Y, and Z? I'm like, honestly, there just comes a point where you just don't care. You just don't care that your baby is not on a routine. You just don't care. Because to me, it's actually more pleasurable in this time. And I actually enjoy the time a lot more and all the different seasons and changes and even the bad parts, guys. Like right now, I am in the thick of postpartum and newborn and I have a five-month-old. And this is not my first radio. And I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm not in my prime. So yeah, I value sleep a little bit more. But I know that it's supposed to be like this. And eventually, they're going to be on a schedule. Eventually, they're going to be sleeping through the night at 30 years old. Right, guys? (laughs) No, but for real, that just becomes a time where you just kind of just don't care anymore. Because after just how much trouble I can say of not enjoying the time and relishing in the moment of this very vulnerable period of time is getting baby on routine or getting myself back on routine or putting the kids back on a new routine. It's just, you miss out and it ends up becoming a little bit more destructive and a little, honestly, sometimes more stressful than actually just enjoying the moment and letting things be than what they were. And this might not fly with a lot of people. Some people thrive on routines. Some people thrive on things like that. And so You can take that for what it is, but there are some times where we just need to take a step back and just 
relinquish control. And that's what postpartum really is about. It's about not gaining so much control or still holding on to so much control. It's also not about losing control. What we want and what I encourage you to do is just only focus on things you actually do have control of. Because there's not a lot of things that we have control of. The things that we're going to be talking about today are things that you actually can have control of and things that are actually a benefit to you, a benefit for your baby, an actual benefit to your family. And in pregnancy, we need to be gathering and preparing for this postpartum period to make sure it is only that. This means making meals and goodies beforehand to freeze and store, coming up with visiting schedules for individuals, or thinking about people in our circle who can help with some of these items we don't have time or energy for to prepare. And sometimes we need to be very specific. So the four things that we can focus on during pregnancy that we can actually have control over and actually see a very deep like soul, spiritual, like down to the depths of your heart benefit is first one, nourishing yourself. Why? Because our body is healing, replenishing the vital minerals and nutrients, processing the hugest hormonal tank your body can and will experience in its lifetime. And it's healing wounds that are up to a size of a dinner plate. I wrote this post on Instagram about it pictured a dinner plate and it was talking about how the placenta leaves a wound inside the uterus the size of a dinner plate and that if anybody saw it on the outside, they would for sure be like, oh yeah, no, you definitely need to go lie down. Like that does not look good. You need to rest because that would be the only reason why this would get any better or look any better. Well, that's happening on the inside of our bodies. And for some, not just that wound we're healing from, we're also healing from a wound of a cesarean. So you're like hitting double time when it comes to physical recovery. You have a wound, a size of a dinner plate, but you also just had major abdominal surgery. And then on top of that, you just grew human from scratch and you carried that baby for nine months. And you probably, some of us have experienced extreme nausea throughout pregnancy have had the worst, absolute worst headaches, all types of things. There are so many different experiences that we have in pregnancy that on top of the wound, on top of childbirth, on top of the major abdominal surgery that actually add to how physically exhausting our body has gone through. And then at the end of it, to put the cherry on top, almost kind of like this celebration is that we have this childbirth experience and we've had a natural birth it is exhausting but even if we haven't had a natural birth our body is still exhausted because it's done the same exact thing we just didn't even feel it so there's a lot going on when it comes to healing and we don't do this because we're trying to focus on it for the sake of trying to get back in back into it or bounce back this and the others that we will be talking about are about respecting the process of this transformation that we just did and are currently doing nourishment is essential also if you are breastfeeding nourishing and replenishing your stores can decrease the chances of postpartum depression a lot of that is connected to our gut health too this nourishment is to help your adrenals your immune system, your hormones for breastfeeding, and is a benefit for your growing baby. This means eating 
easily digestible and nutrient dense foods like soups just warm food in general is also a good thing because it promotes blood circulation to areas that need healing foods that improve collagen proteins healthy fats whole food carbohydrates fermented foods for probiotics or just take a probiotic supplement even have some dark chocolate they even say staying away from raw foods during this time due to the body having a hard time breaking it down is also something they discourage you from having supplements can also help fill in the gaps you all know beef liver and probiotics are like my jam and is something i will always recommend as the gap filler and maybe even amping up the doses on the beef liver for the thyroid as well now even just with food, nourish yourself with water and electrolytes. I just did an episode on why electrolytes are probably one of the most underrated minerals we intake in pregnancy, during childbirth, in this time postpartum, as well as throughout our motherhood journey. But we need to make sure we are also nourishing ourselves with those things as well. If you have not listened to the episode, go listen to it because I can tell you right now it is a complete game changer when it comes to motherhood. And there's some pretty good information in there for you as well. And that particularly if you are listening to this for postpartum is also information that can be used for postpartum. The bottom line is nourish yourself and nourish yourself consistently this assures our bodies that we are safe and have the ability to reach down to the depths of our beings and rebuild our motherhood bodies the second one is resting the levels of resting in postpartum is kind of like an onion i hate to use that example but it's true and can literally look like for some moms and families taking one hour at a time so one layer at a time but weeks wise it definitely I would say is like an onion. What this looks like is taking the first week is resting or lying in your bed or on the couch, which funny thing will probably cause you to sleep more, especially when baby is actually sleeping during the day. Try to stay off your feet as much as possible in this time. Use breathing exercises to help calm our bodies and our minds down. I'm a huge believer in how our breathing tells our mind how to respond and what to do. Fast breathing means that we're panicked and we are going to have feelings of anxiety, whereas slow breathing is for relaxation and rest for our heart and our mind. So that deep breathing to calm down our heart rates in this season of time. The second and third weeks is sitting on or being in soft, comfy spaces, slowing down, having slow movements, and being in places you feel safe, such as your home or a family's house, any places along those lines, but almost kind of staying close to soft surfaces, cushioned, cozy, soft surfaces, whether you are laying down, sitting, laying, or just sitting upright. We want you to be sitting on those soft, cozy spaces. The fourth to sixth week, we want to also have just encourage a little bit more movement, maybe more things, movement that is more relaxing. So not getting up and starting to go for a run, just doing a nice walk and taking daily life and tasks one at a time, which means having expectations on yourself and for your family need to be absolutely low. We are not in this period of time looking at the long list of things that we didn't do, haven't been able to do, or things that have just piled up. 
we are going to maybe, if you are that person, I would encourage you to pick one thing off that list and decide to do it. Even if it takes you all day to do it, that is something that if you cannot stay away from the list, (laughs) I would recommend that you just do one thing off those lists. But we are just wanting you to not necessarily get back to it right away, but implementing things that are going to, if you want to be upright and are going to be upright or do something that they be done one task at a time, one hour at a time, slow movements like walking and listening to your body in this time. All throughout these first six weeks or the first 40 to 60 days, it's all about, or even up to a year. I mean, take a year, take it off and do this, but just listen to your body. And we hear this term, sleep when your baby sleeps. Not only is this something we should do or if we can, but what I like to say is rest when the baby is resting, meaning rest. I was talking to a friend of mine and she said, you know, um, how am I supposed to sleep when my baby's sleeping when I have these other kids? And my response and what I encourage you today is sometimes it's just not doing anything. If you can't sleep, just rest sit down, lay down, watch a movie, do something that is going to promote rest. And if you feel like my general rule too, is if you feel like you're procrastinating, it usually means that you need to rest. That's just in general. So even if you're not in postpartum or even you're not freshly out of childbirth and you're listening to this, or maybe you are a year in or It doesn't matter in general. If you're procrastinating about doing something, then that is a sure sign that your body needs rest. And you should just do that. Pick rest. Why encourage rest and don't do it too much is because your body needs that energy to heal itself. If you have energy, redirect that energy into resting. That's what I want you to do. A sign that you are doing too much. If you decide to do something and you are doing too much, too soon is heavy bleeding. Uh, pain in your perineum area, overexhaustion, and you start to develop signs of baby blues or postpartum depression. Preparation for the resting place is what we also need to be doing in our pregnancy time because if we want to really be in these soft, cozy, safe places, we need to make sure we are preparing the spaces to do that. And how we do that is getting those cozy places with some pillows, blankets, side tables within reach and stocked with goodies and water or scents in the diffuser readily available. So this means birth partners, spouse, postpartum doulas and family get these things ready for mom so she doesn't have to do it. Make sure she has what she needs in these spaces before she even retreats to them. You know she was going to want these things, get them for her. My client at one point, she told me of one time her husband said that when she was about to go to bed, she usually pumps at night. And so before she got into bed, uh, she had gotten the baby all ready to bed and her husband actually prepared the pump uh, for her to be able to pump at night and then also got her a bottle of water next to the waterbed. And she just said how much of a difference that was and how thoughtful that was that her husband did that. So he made sure that she had all the things readily available to her through the night. So that way she didn't have to do it on her own and she didn't have another task on her plate to be able to do that. So it's just these simple little things. You know that mom is going to want to take a nap. Okay, let's make this space nice and quiet. Let's make it 
nice and cool. Let's get the blankets, the pillows ready. You know that she likes her water filled when she sits and feeds the baby. Get her water filled. It can be something so simple, but yet it can actually make a huge difference. The next one is bonding. This means getting as much skin-to-skin cuddle time with baby. It also means having baby close. This can mean baby wearing, co-sleeping, while sitting, through breastfeeding, taking baths together. This will help regulate theirs in your nervous system, baby's body temperatures, and only boost your oxytocin and also encourage prolactin. The first weeks of postpartum recovery with baby is about learning. And with every baby, there is a learning curve because such each baby is its own individual. And bonding is about learning that communication with them. This is a time of communication between you and baby. You are learning how to respond and in ways and you're communicating to your baby that you see and hear them and you are there to attend to them. The bond is actually being strengthened in this period of time. So we want to make sure that we maintain that strength of the bond. And everyone in the family can participate in this bonding too together. In our family, when our fourth was born and what we still carry on today, the way that we bond as a family and the way that the children can bond with him is every morning the kids get an opportunity to sit with the baby. So I bring the baby in and everybody takes their turn holding the baby. And it's a nice experience for them because it helps them know that they can participate in this bonding and it actually encourages this family dynamic if we are having a hard transition and it allows it to be a little bit smoother and it kind of brings more positivity to the transition versus all of some of the negative things that can come through a transition or the struggles that we can find in doing that, particularly with our other children who are there who are having a little bit of a harder time with the new family member. In number four, grace. Give yourself some. If things don't go according to plan, you can always get back up tomorrow and try again or allow yourself to grieve in ways you need to because you didn't get what you wanted or some of the unexpected things that you didn't prepare for, didn't think could happen, have happened. And it has left some type of wound. Give yourself some grace to heal from those things too. And spouses, partners, family, give mom some grace. If she's gone through a very traumatic experience, help her share her story. Let her grieve that because it's a real thing. Hear mom out. Don't just try to fix the problem. Just come with a listening ear. Because mom and we should know and always be in the forefront of our minds is that you are trying your best. Mom is trying her best. And although it may not feel like you are, you really are. It's okay if you didn't or won't get back to things right away, but just be kind to yourself. Sometimes grace for others means we need to give ourselves time, time to do, time to share, time to learn. I know in my postpartum, the way that I could be gracious to myself is giving myself some time to process and time to get back into a groove, which is what I'm still doing today at five months postpartum. We do not have a routine any right now. And that's something that I constantly am referring back to is like, oh, I need to get my baby on the routine or oh, I need to get on the routine because things are so crazy busy. But honestly, it's like, I just need to take a step back and I need to know I just had a baby five months ago and I just need time. In the first 40 days and 60 days, that's how it was. It was just giving myself some time to process and giving myself some time to almost come back from 
having a baby and to come back mentally, almost like the fog was lifting slowly as time was coming back. And so that's sometimes how we can give grace to ourselves is by just giving ourselves some time, giving our families some time to have the adjustment, giving some time to our spouses to help us. And those are some of the things that we can find grace for ourselves in. And this could also mean that if you're wanting to protect your bubble and space in this time, so you can be gracious to yourself, you may need to have a little bit of a smaller circle around you that will only respect that space and this vulnerable time and only encourage you staying on track when it comes to recovery. Those who are on the outside, again, need to give mom grace. Have a listening ear for her to share her struggles, her grievances, if any, even some of her simplest joys. Even if she had the most amazing experience, the most amazing birth, got everything that she wanted, she couldn't have asked for a more beautiful experience. Share with her in those joys and let her share her story. And anybody who comes, let you be somebody who wants to hear that so that she can just share it. Well, sweet mama, that is all I have for you today. I hope after today you realize how important it is to prepare for postpartum and how you matter and are worth it in doing that. Don't forget to take advantage of my free one-on-one question and answer interview this week, and I will see you next time. Bye. Hi again. Thank you so much for listening to this great episode. If you had learned something today, please make sure you leave a review in Apple Podcasts and share with another mom friend. Also, pop on over to our private Facebook group, sign up for our email list, and connect with me on social media, which are all linked in the description of this podcast. I can't wait to see you over there and connect with you. Now go listen to your mom gut, because wisdom will guide you, and chances are it won't let you down. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.